when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. This is Nicole Hannah-Jones, creator of the 1619 Project from the New York Times Magazine. The project makes a case that you don't often hear in history textbooks, that slavery was foundational to America. So it wasn't surprising that we ignited a fierce debate among historians about these issues. But that's the power of the New York Times, to spark an important dialogue with bold, rigorous reporting that forces us to examine our assumptions. To learn more, go to nytimes.com slash worth it. Hi, I'm Imri, the host of the Wannabe Podcast, the podcast that takes you from where you are now to where you want to be in 30 minutes or less. This week, I am joined by brand and marketing expert, Prisca Moyesa <laughs> of Moyesa Co. Hello, 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 hello. Hi. We're live. We are live. We are and live. this is our live podcast. Round of applause, please. <laughs> and for yourself for coming, of course. It's our first one. You know, I've just released a podcast. Yes. So What's it called? I'm, it's Prisca? called The Market. So I've been wanting to do a podcast for a while. But I just haven't had the time. Uh, again, we are a small agency, so I do everything. Um, and I usually talk to myself all the time <laughs> about marketing. So I'll do voice notes and I'll just talk about stuff because that's how passionate I am. Um, so for some of you that don't know, Crepes and Conan just opened up a restaurant called Crepes and Cones. In and I thought, I thought, yeah, which is basically Luton. But anyway, but what? I thought it was... You just did in both of my hometowns. <laughs> Oh, yeah, First you're of all, I'm from Luton. And I lived in um, Britain, so thank you. So, yeah, I was like, okay, they released this thing. Um, I want to talk about it. I want to talk about something. Uh, one thing that, I, that I've noticed about restaurants is they come in and then they leave because they don't know how to sustain. Um, and I'm obsessed with branding. And there's a lot of American restaurants that brand, that market to me. But the ones here don't market to me, which is another issue. But anyways, we're targeting that as an agency. So I was like, okay, so I recorded a voice note, which was like 10 minutes long on my phone about Crepes and Conan and Crepes and Cones. Um, and I was like, oh, this is, this is good. Like, this is really good. And I was just talking about how they can grow more and how they can tap into email. So um, I think they re- opened up like... They announced it like weeks before they opened up. So I was like, I knew it was happening. So I recorded an episode. I recorded it on my phone. And my business partner, Malik, who's behind, uh, <laughs> everyone looked around. And he's like, <laughs> um, uh, he was, t- he's been telling me about Anchor for a while. Yeah. So there's this platform called Anchor um, and you can record things from your phone and you can upload it and then they would distribute it to like iTunes for you. So it's a legit podcast. Um, so he's been telling me about it for about a year, no lie. So I was like, okay, let me just upload it to Anchor, whatever. So I just tweeted it and then it got like 60 plays compared to your 15,000. But it got 60 plays in like an, an hour. It's good. And I was like, oh, wow, like this was just super random. But the reason why it worked was because I think I released it on the day of the opening of Crepes and Cones. So I knew strategically that this is how I'm going to come out. Everybody's talking about Crepes and Cones, but no one's like actually doing a podcast on it. No one's talking about it from a marketing perspective. So I already know that I'm like an anomaly in the marketing industry because it's either very advertising-y or it's very 
like male or like super Gary V and Gary V's America. And then we have Steve Bartlett that's, you know, UK, but I'm a woman. So I was like, okay, I'll do this. So it got reception. Um, so then there's this brand called Glossier. Glossier, Glossier, Glossier. Glossier. Um, And they opened up a store and I've been knowing about their marketing for a while and I really respect it. So I was like, okay, let me do a, actually I tweeted, should I do an episode on Glossier? Lo and behold, I already recorded it. But (laughs) so so I tweeted, should I, like, well, I tweeted, should I release it? Because I wasn't sure if I should release it then or tomorrow. This was like 8, 7 p.m. And I got like seven tweets, like, release it. I want to hear about marketing. Obviously, in the caption, I was like, this is what small businesses can learn from it. You listen to it, whatever. I listened Um, to it, it was good. Yeah, it was good. Um, I didn't so, even know they opened the store. I was like, oh, yeah, they opened the store. Things. So knowing, so because my strategy is like being contextual, being real time, I released it like an hour after people tweeted me. So already they felt like, oh, like, rah, like she's on job. Uh, <laughs> like, oh, she does her thing. Well, I did record it like literally after, because I did it on my phone, then I recorded it properly on Anchor. No, on a mic. So Blue Mic is what I used, which is like 70 pounds from Argos. I think. I have no idea. I can't remember. These are our actual mics. Yeah, well, these are super high quality, but let's say you're just starting off, you want a podcast, you don't want to invest too much money, it's just going to be you. Um, Blue mic is great. Most people starting off use blue mic, most like American podcasts. Do you mean the blue Yeti? Is it called Yeah, blue. Yeah, blue Yeti. Sorry, Argos. But yeah... um, (laughs) (laughs) Just so people know, what if they type in blue mic and nothing comes up? Well, it will come up. Um, So... Yes, I recorded it and then I released it that night, but I promoted it the day after, which was actually the launch of Glossier. So I knew that if I put this out, people will hear about Glossier, which have loads of press behind it and no one's talking about marketing. And if they are, they're doing a blog post. Like blog posts, in my opinion, are like dying unless they're from like TechCrunch or like refinery 29 already established platforms so me releasing it knowing that i'm probably the only one talking about this already gave me a point of differentiation and i had like 160 plays within 24 hours and that was just by me being smart and me stepping out of what everybody was doing so that's just an example promote it on twitter or did you do twitter so this is a good strategy for people that really want their stuff to spread so i'm part of like free facebook groups free slack groups two whatsapp groups um I'm tired of like entrepreneurs people in business and stuff like that so whenever I release something I post it in there and I know like they're looking for business stuff so of course they're going to listen to it so I posted it there and then it spread I would have a question with regards to posting stuff because I'm personally very shy and also mindful of spamming I don't know about anyone else yeah so how do you get over the hump of like I don't I don't want this to seem a bit spammy or self-promotional um, because anyway? you so like one of the groups was future girl court and oh, i know yeah. they're all about business and entrepreneurship so i did actually like write a little line that caters to them like if you're ever feeling down or i know some of you are starting businesses this would be good for you i've just did this so you make it contextual to them you don't just say here's an episode you don't just say here's an episode you make it relevant to whoever you're posting in which takes more work it but does. you're gonna get um, a return if you do it that way if you just post it or dm people randomly without any explanation like some guy sent me his music i get nothing. that all the time but i know him <laughs> i kind of i follow him and he sent me his music and he thought i wasn't going to say something i do marketing so i said something i was like question mark what do you want me to do with this he was like i want you to listen i was like okay well you could have said that 
And then I gave him a bit of advice on marketing. So that doesn't work, just sending people stuff, give it some context. Yeah, for sure. Um, and in terms of you saying like you feel like you shouldn't, sometimes you feel weird posting about yourself. First of all, if you don't want to talk about yourself, nobody else will. That's a fact. And in business, people are super persistent. Um, I have a lot of male friends that are in business and they're super persistent and they don't stop until someone says no. So now I've opted for that approach of just posting, posting until someone calls me out. And then I like oh, discern whether that I should listen to that person or that thing or not, which most time the answer is no. Um, so unless you're going to be unapologetic, you're not going to brand build. That's just a fact. I guess diary of a fat fit mummy, if anyone's ever been on Instagram ever and follows any kind of celebrity and even if you don't follow a celebrity you just happen to stumble upon their page diary of a fat fit mummy is commenting on literally every celebrity post like to the oh. point where it carried over to twitter chrissy teigen jumped in and dragged her it was really quite oh, no. horrible actually but she comments and it's not even she doesn't even comment horrible things like amazing sweets oh babe heart emoji heart emoji heart emoji like she, every post and it automatically <laughs> oh, wow. but that's kind of spammy though yeah, it's, it's annoying but the thing is the way instagram's algorithm works on commenting now is that it pulls like yeah the most popular or the most like the most influential person's comment so she's usually one of the most influential people because she's got like a million plus things so most people then see her comment and then they go to her page and either they're really irritated or they'll follow her like oh actually I do want whatever you're selling which is I guess fitness um but yeah so she's managed to amass her following because she was consistently posting across these and people kept seeing her and seeing her name loads more people are definitely annoyed definitely annoyed more (laughs) people are annoyed than probably that that like her which I don't agree with I don't agree with annoying people but she's not it's not even the people comment the the people that she's commenting on so she's commenting on like Kim Kardashian, who's never going to respond, to be oh, honest. I see. She's posting on Chrissy Teigen. Only Chrissy Teigen clapped back and she put in her Insta story, thank you, Chrissy Teigen, for the new followers. After the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's but, hilarious. Yeah. But she herself has prepared a profile that is inviting for anyone that discovers her. Yes. So unless your profile is inviting for people that's going to discover you, then it's pointless doing all that. Whereas she knows that, okay, at least five of these a million people are going to check me out. So it works. That's another technique, like commenting yeah. on people's pictures. But going on to video now, yes. um, how many people babe. in here uh, want to build personal brands? Hands up. Oh, that's a lot. Okay. <laughs> and how many people in here are building brands for like building brands like with a product okay so more personal brands and stuff like that okay so I was thinking which case study to talk about like video content in context with context to myself or you do a the really agency. good job of <laughs> I guess do a little bit of both but I guess there's more personal brand people so we'll cater to the masses this one time so um Okay, maybe I'll talk about personal branding. So about a year ago, I'm just all up in my work, just doing my work. I wasn't really posting stuff. My Instagram looked dead. My business partner used to call me out all the time. Like, your Instagram is dead. Like, you do Instagram. What does a Instagram, Instagram is... look like, by the way? Just for anyone like, that may I had, have one. So like, they know. I went to Marrakesh last year and the pictures were terrible and I was posting them. Oh. It had no relevance to, like, marketing. Again, if your content doesn't reflect what you're trying to give out, then people are going to be confused and not know anything about you. So I was like, okay, I need to build a personal brand. Like, I've been delaying it. Um, and... Like, I've been looking at people like Gary Vee, 
So that's like my standard. If you don't know Gary Vee, he's this motivational speaker. He does marketing and he goes so hard. It's like, it's hard to keep up with him. So that's my standard. So I was like, unless I want to do that, then... That's a high standard. It's a high, yeah, that's, that's how I am, that's right? That's like the limit. Because that's how I am. Um, <laughs> um, so I was like, okay, I don't want to... Yeah, I don't want to do it because I'm not going to look like Gary Vee. Like my business partner was like, we do feature content. You've got this. It's cool. And people have been telling me to do like stuff all the time and I'm like no I don't do it anyway so I decided to do it um and before that mentally I was waiting for people to put me on like I've been doing marketing and since I was like 17 I think I'm like 26 in a couple it's my birthday month in a couple weeks um so I've been doing it for a while um but people never really posted my stuff people didn't shout me out and i realized at that moment that if it's not going to be me talking about myself or building on my cards if it's not going to be me talking about myself building on myself no one's going to do it for you um so i decided so i was invited to an event um so first off when you're doing video content it needs to have some type of relevance like if you're just talking to a camera people aren't going to listen to you. They're just going to think you're another person who's just trying to sell a brand. Um, unless you give what it context. What were you going to be talking about if you were just talking to the camera? Just just you being like, hi guys, marketing is cool. Yeah, like, but this is what, that? that's what I'm saying, right? Straight Whereas like, for example, if you've just come out of a meeting, then that gives that video context. Oh, okay. um, instead of just like, sitting in your room and talking like people skip past those a lot if you're doing motivational speaking then you want to do it with like interesting backdrops um and stuff like that so I knew I was going to an event and then I hit up my business partner I was like cool let's do this this personal brand thing let's bring our cameras down um again with camera equipment maybe afterwards we can go into a little bit more in depth um but cameras you can get like Sony's and Canon's. Canon's aren't the best, actually, I found out. They're okay, but Sony's are better. Um, so what we did is we filmed it. Now, from a business perspective, like they're getting content out of that, but that was a sacrifice I was going to make. So I knew that they would have these videos after and haven't paid us for it but I put our agency like watermark over it so put your logo on it so that no one how like, easy so when, is it to watermark a video by the way um so I know we use premiere pro adobe premiere pro I say we like it's me um but that's how you do it but I know iMovie final cut pro they do it as well you can do it on those um so yeah so I go to this event and then um my business partner films the whole thing. And then I'm really smart when it comes to cutting up content. So what I did is I looked through the content and I found key bits in terms of facial expressions of the people in the room that would make people pay attention. So it's not just about having people looking dull at the camera. Think about the different facial expressions. It takes time, but it's it's worth doing because that's what's going to capture people's attention. Would it help to look at other pieces of content that is similar to what you want to create? Did Maybe. you look at other people's Because I've been doing it for a long time. I didn't need to. But I guess in the past I have. So looking at other people's like Gary Vee, even look at my content if you want. Have a look at our content and see what we do um, after this. Um, so yeah, so just looking at people's facial expressions, looking at people's hands. So I know in the video, we like one woman was like fixing her cardigan and writing a note. So that was that stood out. One guy was smiling and nodding. So you could tell he was smiling and nodding at somebody, but that person wasn't on camera. So it makes people think, who's that? Who's that? Um, we did have what kind of people that were known in the video. Um, so that helped, but that wasn't up to me. So, and then we had one section in the middle where I was saying something super important. So a soundbite. So something that I knew would 
like highlight what we do as an agency, but also give people some interest. So that's another thing. Find like a line, like maybe like seven words of something where, you know, people could actually like, okay, I want to note take that. So something people can note take, whether it means they're going to hire you through that, whether it means they're going to reach out to you through that, something that's worthy of that. So we did that. And then it was a minute long, understand your platforms. So we knew it was going to go on Twitter, um, which is like two, it's two, like two minutes and, two 20, minutes seconds and 20 seconds, but it can be specific. longer if you promote the video, I think. Um, it? Yeah, it can be because Netflix ones are like three minutes. Um, That's true. On Twitter. I was wondering um, how that happened. Yeah, okay. so it's promo, um, but like Twitter cards are hella complicated. You need a developer to do stuff like that. Um, so yeah, so a minute, we knew if we did a minute, we'll go across Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, no need to like do the extra bits. Um, and then we did a bit for Instagram stories, I believe. Um, and Instagram stories are actually like, 15 seconds. They're, yeah, they're like 15 seconds. They always cough my last word. Which is, (laughs) they're 15 seconds. So we did a bit, knowing that we cut a bit for that um, and we pull it out. And because everybody in the room didn't have video content, but we did, they shared it. And the people that shared it have their own massive audiences and stuff like that. Um, And that then didn't go viral. That's an exaggeration, but it got like 2,000 views. And for me, I was like, oh, okay. I was like, okay, it's 2,000 views. And it comes from us. So doing that, but doing those key bits, and then people would engage with that. So you get to see people's responses. So anyways, did that video. um, And then I was like, okay, boom, we're going to go on it. We're going to get on it. So every time, like, I'll do a panel. So in terms of doing panels, I know there's some people in here that want to do panels to build their brands and stuff like that. I kind of, not that I reach out to people, but I make myself available. So like someone in these Facebook groups, um, someone might say, oh, I've got this event and I know that it's brand building season. When it's brand building season, that means either do stuff for free or you do something. I'm sorry, when is brand building season? Well, like for me, it was brand building season. But yeah, brand building season for you guys will be after this event, hopefully. (laughs) Um, So you know that, okay, maybe I need to do some stuff for free, but what am I going to get out of it? So I knew that we was going to get video content out of it, then that I could then cut up and distribute for the rest of my life. Um, And then obviously some things that I did charge for, or I said, can you cover travel? Or if they worked for a company, can you offer a discount and stuff like that? So try and find uh, different ways that you can incentivize yourself. Um, Yeah. Do you need to have someone that follows you around? Because I follow quite a few (laughs) influencers and bloggers and they always seem to have like amazing shots. Yeah. Which just seemed like you did not just... You did not just take that. Like, you're obviously in the shot. So who took the picture? Is I someone mean, literally following you around with a camera? No. So I don't do that type of video stuff because I think that's corny as hell. Like, I couldn't just be like, so now, this is where we are. Like, I just couldn't do it. So I only do video content when I'm at panels, when I'm at, like, just That's events. part of the branding that yeah. you do. It's like, so, it's about like my, t- talking, my personality Talking speaking. about marketing, exactly. Yeah. I don't just do that. But some people do it and it works for them. But again, understand what industry you're in. I'm in marketing. So it's there's not many women in marketing who actually I don't think there's any do you know any women what women in marketing women in marketing doing what I'm doing like putting out content and stuff like that I don't follow any yeah I don't really so there's not I know loads of women in marketing they exist they do yeah they do do. there's many Um, I'm one of them I don't so I already knew that okay I'm gonna stand out anyway because and I had braids most of the time so I'm gonna stand out um (laughs) so strength yeah so just doing that and then knowing that okay consistently we need to have a bit of content and then that content what happens is people start to see it and they start to visualize how you would be in at their event 
or on their podcast because I know Imri reached out to me after she saw or not she you've I've been on your agenda for a while you said yeah but I you do. reached out to me after that video not saying because of that video but it was no after you that. were putting out loads of really great stuff actually because before so. you were relatively quiet you were always like you would dm you'd orchestrate things in small yes. ways so she was already on the radar so I was a mass listening. connector that's another yeah. brand building thing is being able to connect people together if you can introduce people to other people people see you as someone extremely valuable um I know like my friend who's in the room I'm not going to call out now because she's going to act all shy but she <laughs> connects me with people and stuff like that that need what I need and so whenever I think of her I think of someone that gives me consistent value and just wants to be a helper people yeah. love people like that I mean be genuine don't try to get something out of it yeah but that's a little tip that's true yeah so you were already on my radar yeah and then when I was because obviously I did Melon and Millennials before this um and so when I was planning this I was already plotting to do this podcast for a while uh like a good six months before we actually started so I was like who would I want to be do I want to get <laughs> who do I want to be um do I want to <laughs> guest all the time do I want to co-host all the time that was like the ongoing question that I had like do I want to co-host always do I want to just have guests how do I want to do it um it was actually the input you had which is maybe just have someone come in somewhat frequently so Prisca comes on yeah. at the end of every month and that's a consistent feature that we have is and it's quite different from other podcasts where you might have like a consistent guest co-host that yeah. but they don't have like a set schedule so people don't know what to expect always um or like they haven't been able to book a guest so they'll bring their guest co-host in <laughs> um so yeah that was something that you brought to the table but she was on my mind. I was like, let me just exactly. slide in the DMs real quick. Like, Prisca, I want you to be on my podcast. Can you, let's meet. But yeah, so like me putting out video content is what entices people. And then they think, okay, she sounds good doing this. So I know that if I, she comes to my event, I don't have to worry about her. I don't need to train her. I don't need to do that. So it relieves the stress in people's minds. So I mean, for example, let's say you have a food business and you want to do video content. Instead of doing the whole vlogging thing, which I don't personally think is very valuable, maybe get someone to film you while you're at your friend's cooking and make that as natural as possible. I mean, if you're always at your friend's house cooking and you guys have laughs, film the whole thing and then post that on YouTube and release that because then that's that's unique to you. Um, and it makes sense. It's not video content that's like a waste of time. Yeah. Um, and so that's one thing that I kept doing consistently. But joining the Wannabe podcast, I knew that once a month I would have video content. And that video content, so what we do is we go through the, we film the whole episode, which I'm is about- i never in it, by the way. Which is about- <laughs> Anyways, it's always <laughs> so, just Prisca. So it's about an hour long. Um, but from a business perspective, let's keep it real. Let's keep it 100. <laughs> from a business perspective, that's what I'm getting out of it. I'm getting myself on camera, you know. And if Imri wanted to pay us to film her, <laughs> then we would film her. That's, but that's, just, that's just the truth. Let's, let's keep it. But that's it's fine. Just, I actually don't want that. We'll get to my personal But yeah, we have now. tried to film her. And she's like, no. And then she'll have her head wrapped. And she'll be like, I'm not. Don't put me on camera. Um, but yeah, knowing that I had content <laughs> once a month. So what I do is I look at an hour's worth of content. And then you cut it up into 30 seconds to a minute videos. So at the end, I'm left with like 30 clips. So when I'm recording that podcast, I already know that I'm going to film this because the camera's there. And you know that you need to say certain things to align with what you are trying to promote at that moment. So I'll know that, okay, I'm really trying to get more gigs about public speaking. So at the like on the podcast episode, I'm going to speak more as if that's what I'm trying to get. I'm going to have that confidence. So it's thinking ahead and then editing the content so it works bite size. And then um, there's a lot of content that people have but then release immediately I don't believe in doing that I feel like you should release 
like one thing one week and then give then do like a week of pictures that just feels natural to them and then the week after that do some more video content and then maybe have a gap and do loads on Instagram stories and then the next month do like three bits of video so like change it up a little bit video content is less about we did this I'm gonna post this it's about cutting it up and and thinking about the time you're releasing it and think about your audience they just don't want to be sold to if you're consistently putting that video content they feel like okay you're just using me to like just watch your videos. Don't think selfishly. You have to think what value am I giving to this person as a human being? So like recently I will release pictures of me just like at the park. So people know I'm a human being, but and then next you'll see a video of me branding. So you do feel like this person is a best friend. So video content, and again, the platforms you have. So you have YouTube, you have Instagram Live, which I believe people should do. I believe, I prefer Periscopes because you can save Periscopes for a longer time, and that's on Twitter than Instagram Live. But Instagram Live is good as well. Um, you have Twitch is now live. Twitch, if you Twitch, want to be a gamer, and Twitch is great for gamers. Like that's super huge. Buzzfeed's just moved into Twitch. Yeah, they have. So. Are they doing gaming? I don't know, but Buzzfeed will do what it wants, and then be you know people might follow or people might not. So <laughs> if you want to jump in on something early. Um, but the reason why video is extremely popular is because I guess we can tell by the numbers when it comes to TV. A lot of people aren't watching TV anymore because people have things to do. So when you're releasing your video content, also think to yourself, my target audience is, you know, Alice is at work nine to five. So when is she more likely to log on online? Um, if you want to post it at 9am, it gets repurposed on Instagram around 9pm, I think, because of the algorithm. Oh, yeah. That's so that. that's a strategy as well, knowing that, okay, if I post it at nine, boom. But if I post it at one, the person will see it the next day. Instagram ah. is terrible at the moment. They're doing um, a lot lately. And it's I don't super terrible. Um, but Instagram stories is huge because you can save your highlights. Make sure you guys use highlights. Um, that is a huge thing because you can access that on desktop as well. And it means... Huh? I never use you don't, that. This is what I'm saying. She posts <laughs> and she posts a lot, but she never saves it on highlights. Um, my because highlights, my, my Insta stories are there to be temporary. <laughs> people aren't, people <laughs> I was aren't, singing Hamilton the other day. Like no one needs to see that <laughs> again. Posted that. Uh, people aren't just discovering you for that moment. The discover, people are going to discover you in six months time, but you want them to be able to go back to your library and see, oh, this person did this then. This person did this then. I need to hire them for this thing or I need to look into this thing. Um, every Think about every post or every every video as an audition, an audition to the role you're trying to get. This is Nicole Hannah-Jones, creator of the 1619 Project from the New York Times Magazine. The project makes a case that you don't often hear in history textbooks, that slavery was foundational to America. So it wasn't surprising that we ignited a fierce debate among us. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. 
Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Historians about these issues, but that's the power of the New York Times to spark an important dialogue with bold, rigorous reporting that forces us to examine our assumptions. To learn more, go to nytimes.com slash worth it. Um, so every month on the podcast, we have listener questions that come out on a Wednesday. In fact, we, the last episode of the podcast, which was episode 60, um, was listener questions. So every month, uh, people can send in, email us questions or ask on Twitter or in the comments on Instagram. A question that they're struggling with with regards to their brand, business, their careers, finance, anything you want really, except relationships, because we don't do that. <laughs> um, but we will we will try to answer your questions and give you kind of direct advice. So the more specific you are, the better, because then we can actually um, give you kind of tailored or targeted advice. So hopefully we've got some of these on here, but if you are very comfortable on the microphone, please, please, please do use it so that we can put it in the podcast. Thanks. Prisca, <laughs> um, do you want to add anything about listener questions? Um, no, I just want to get into it. We'll get into it. And, cool. Uh, Let's go. Yeah. Um, so do you want to take the first question on the mic and then we'll also see who else. Um, cheers. So like I mentioned, I'm a, I'm a motivational speaker and um, I produce motivational content, et cetera, et cetera. But the first question that I had, can I ask you by the way? Of course. yeah the first question i had was when building your brand kind of doing your swot analysis mapping out the competitors etc who should you do it with because the fear that i have is that i kind of sit in a room do it by myself and it's like i'm coming up with all these ideas but i'm not necessarily sure whether they're correct so who should you have in the room when you're doing it or who should you collaborate with Oh, that's a good question. I mean, if you're trying to solidify it and make sure it's perfect, then of course, holler at someone that does marketing because then they can support you with that. However, I would just pull in a friend that is really good at critically and analyzing things um, so that they can compare it and be as unbiased as possible. But essentially with a marketer consultant would be great. Um, And you can usually buy consultants time not for too much for something Mm. like that um something like that will take about an hour and a half if they're really trying to flesh it out yeah you can do an hourly even on people per hour type thing i usually do mine by myself to be honest um i don't think there's anything wrong with doing it by yourself but like priska said if you want to refine it and make sure it's making sense because i think a lot of in the marketing strategy and I had to do one for Lyft the other day which was really weird and um, it's like it can be 12 to 15 pages long and you want to be sure that you are kind of covering all your bases you don't want to miss anything so I would say like Priscilla try and find a marketer we're available you can just email us and say hey could you just like glance over this and if we have like we can give you like a quick summary like oh maybe this is missing or yeah. maybe tweak that so look there are podcasters us being <laughs> two of them and there are other people in marketing that would also happily kind of just say hey um i was listening to your podcast on this or i, was, I saw your youtube video on that um would you mind taking a glance over that because i don't think too many people like to be asked um so if you want to get like an expert eye over it but I wouldn't be too worried about sitting in a room and doing it yourself at all. Like, mm. that is completely fine. Um, you will f- learn on the execution whether you've mistargeted. 
Cool. And I feel like I might, you might have touched on the answer to the second question, but it was around um, kind of the user personas and profiles. Mm -hmm. How can you test whether that info that you've put together is right? Because yours was very, very detailed. But what so, if like, yeah, how, how do you know that's correct? Um, because I base mine on real people. So it was definitely based on like a whole entire individual. Um, I just changed their university. I changed the company they worked for, but it's a very similar company. Um, I There's some things I wouldn't know exactly. Like I don't know to the pound how much she earns, for example. Um, I won't know who she really lives with unless I'm really in her on her Twitter like that or on her Instagram like that. I'm not, I'm not going that far. But generally speaking, you want to kind of, Look at who, who, who do you want, who best represents, who's the closest representation in your life to the person you're trying to speak to, or who do you think would need your content? Um, when I'm doing emails, for example, the way I do email marketing is very different to how I would do social media content. Um, I always start my, every email I start that I think is quite important or I'm trying to create a personal connection with, I start it off with to my best friend. So it's, um, my best friend's called Ashka. I say, hi, Ashka. I thought you would want to know that about this. And blah, blah, blah. sometimes I started just to see how I start before I even put her name on it. And it's like, this is so salesy. Like I would not speak to Ashka like that. So how would I, how would I put this to Ashka or my best friend Donna? Um, and that is, that usually is a really nice way to kind of get into the habit of speaking naturally and how you normally would speak to someone. So that is how I would look at the personas. But in terms of knowing whether you're right or wrong, based on a real person, would they like that? Like would this, would X like this? Cool. Um, and that's usually going to give you your answer. Yeah. I second that. I second everything Emery said. Um, and just finding people in real life that are happy to even answer some further questions as well. Um, I know that you personally have access, I'm sure have access to groups and stuff where you can say, who's got 10 minutes to just help me do this thing? And I think people respect that you're doing that anyway, because um, it's it's rare for someone who does what you do to really go into the research. So I think people would be, would be receptive to it. Really receptive, actually because I used to work for the company that runs this building. Um, I, when I was doing my copy course, uh, we had to do targeting, like the first thing was like, know your customer. She was like, you need to go and do this homework and you have to go speak to people. And one of the, the questions were deep. It was like, what are they thinking about at 2 a.m.? And I'm like, mm -hmm. I have no idea. So I would just, so basically I would ask them a bunch of questions about their interests, their likes. They really drilled out like really top level stuff that you probably could have found out online anyway. Um, and then when it got to those deeper questions, it basically forces you to go into that person's head and you have to write out what you think their fears are, what their weaknesses are, what are they keep, what's keeping them up at night. And I had to basically write it for them. So I was like, let me just do this experiment with you real quick. Um, and then I'll do their likes and things. And then I would write, I was like, the next part of this is I have to basically pretend to be you and like do all this deep probing. And I had to, like, I would then read back what I said or think that they're thinking uh, and what their fears and weaknesses are. And then sometimes they just correct me like, you know what, actually, um, I'm not really scared that I'm not going to get a job. I'm actually really scared that I'm not going to be in a relationship. And I was like, I would never have guessed that about you. So be prepared to like have the actual conversation with someone. And when you're asking those questions, like do it with a close friend that, you know, you trust because I managed to get about three people to confess their deep, dark secrets to me. And they were my colleagues at work, which was really awkward. So yeah. it, do it does work. They were not my target audience, so it wasn't that deep, but. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Thank you very no worries. Much. Anyone else that is comfortable to come to the mic? I think my main question is, um, how do you go from earning a little to earning a lot in the sense where you know that you're good at what you do, you provide a quality service, but when you initially start in anything, so for me, the digital marketing, 
when I initially started, I just wanted customers. I got customers, but then I felt like my strategy was too emotional. So I was thinking, I'm not going to charge you too much because I want the job. But then now I'm at the point where it's actually painful because you know that you're not getting paid for your worth. So how do you define your marketing strategy and your pricing strategy and stick to it? And also, how do you canvas for or pitch for new clients within this space? That's about five questions. <laughs> oh, that hit home. But I'm like, I know I'm this is you. This is all you. I'm trying to marketing. think where to kind of start. Um, so I guess you just start, you kind of, it's, it's, a lot of people just put, pick, pluck a number out in the air and that's kind of what I did. I mean, I started out with like charging people for marketing like 150, but this was 150 pounds is very little. It's, it's ridiculously mm. embarrassingly little as well. Like everyone should get paid more than that. Um, what, but per, per day, was that per no, project? like per month, per month. like yeah. To, yeah, like that's how, yeah, that's, I know the feeling, yeah, I'm like it's, it's real, <laughs> it's, it's super real, it's, it's super real because a lot of people still feel like social media has no ROI or marketing has no ROI, yeah, which and is it's ridiculous. also, I think, with social media and marketing, they see it as a nice to have and not necessarily essential, yeah. mm. so. True. So one thing, one tip I was given was to to realize that my job is not just to sell, it's to educate them on what it is market on what marketing is. A lot of them don't understand because they lack the education. So integrate that in the way you're pitching to people. Um, focus on again, like I'm obsessed with SWOT analysis, but focus, do some research and just highlight to them the importance of having that for their industry and where the big players in their industry have gone by the use of whatever you're selling. Um, and then highlight the custom service that you'll give them as well. That you're just not someone who's just going to see them as a client. You're going to give that extra customer service as well, so that they feel like um, you're building a relationship with them um, and here's a tip that we do which feel free to take is that we tell them that we're going to grow with them we're going to optimize with them yeah so we might give them one product but every single I mean week or so we're gonna you know iterate it we're gonna check it out we're gonna see if it works we're gonna a and b test um and then it's gonna be more of a collaboration than just paying this much per month so yeah. you've mirrored their experience with different industries within marketing and they feel like you've got more value that way um and the way you figure out how whether you want to charge more is by charging and then adding like 50 pounds or 100 pounds each client mm -hmm. um or 200 pounds each client um there's templates out there i know for like i know an agency that charge 1495 for like that's very specific yeah <laughs> um <laughs> It's a friend of mine um, for like, I, th I think it's like 20 hours of social media, which is very little when you think about it. Yeah. Um, a month with Actually, no content creation. That, so yeah. So maybe 30 hours. I think, no, I think it's like 20 hours a month. So that, that helped me figure out where I wanted to be as well. So that might help mm -hmm. you. Um, but yeah, you literally just have to give people a cost and then just grow and grow and grow with that. Um, and you can also identify who you're talking to, like figure out how much budget they have behind it. Um, most big companies are used to paying money for advertising agencies, which are like a hundred thousand plus. Mm -hmm. So if you're asking them for a thousand pounds, if they say no, it's got less to do with you and it's just more to do with them mm -hmm. um, because you're definitely not um, charging them an unrealistic rate. And also, 
because one of the things I struggled with um, was finding that balance between, because for example, one of my clients, she was very adamant, oh, we should be friends. But then I found that that actually oh, that would ruin put it. a strain on the um, business relationship yeah. and eventually ruined it because mm. then I was no longer a priority, especially when it came to things like paying me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, how do you strike that balance where you're growing with the organization, but you don't want to be too friendly because then you lose out? One word for me, emails. <laughs> when you email people, there's just this business undertone to it that. So does that mean that there's no like I, well, WhatsApp I, contact? I anything? used to have WhatsApp conversations with a client, which is a no-no. Yeah. Like if a client messages on WhatsApp, just even block them, just block them, and just be like, yeah. I just don't do that with my clients. But email. The moment you start emailing someone and you say kind regards, hi, how are you yes. doing? Mm-hmm. Hope you're well. Um, mm-hmm. Best wishes. Or automatically <laughs> yeah. they start to feel that it's a business. I've been trying to do more recently just email because um, I've realized yeah. the whole WhatsApp thing it's not good do or not do if this on WhatsApp you ever. have conversations on the phone follow up with, it with, an, with email an email and say just highlighting the points that were highlighted in our, that were mentioned in our conversation just for like for record purposes which you need to and do anyway to have your own back yeah. and then automatically they'll feel like okay she's super nice but this email is this is this thing so email for me anyway okay uh yeah i would echo that i don't do business on whatsapp like i get really freaked out when people start messaging me on whatsapp that i don't know i it's, it's for me so stop stop infringing that's why i speak to my family it's why i speak to my friends um i will tolerate text messages in like kind of a mm-hmm. it depends it's very case by case um but i don't generally i'm not that responsive by text anyway so they already know that you, the fastest way you're going to get me is by email because i check oh, yeah. them all the time i don't check yeah. my text messages um so that would be how i definitely echo that uh with regards to charging more um i have pretty straightforward advice on that put it on your website how much you want right so i mean yeah how do you put it on because for example the services that we provide they're quite bespoke so it's difficult to give a package price um i i quite like good better best pricing um so this is for people that might be lazy for example because sometimes when you're when people hire digital marketers and this is something we did talk about um just this week gone on the on the podcast is that people sometimes don't know what they're hiring for. They just know they have like one specific problem and they don't know what the solution is. They just need someone to provide that solution to them. Um, So I like to kind of generally, I know who I want to work with. You should know who you want to work Mm -hmm. with and you know what kind of problems you're open to solving. So I tend to just package. So it doesn't matter if that they never buy that package because most of the time someone will hire me to do something completely wildly out of that package, but I can still, at least they know where my benchmark is. So I think on my, I think the cheapest thing I've listed for is like 50 pounds for me to like review an email or review something for you and maybe even tweak it, like add revisions to something you've done. So like with your proposal, for example, it costs like 50 pounds for me to do that. Um, And then upwards, I think the highest thing I've put on there is, uh, it's like 1800 pounds for me to do like, be your basically your kind of virtual marketer for the month mm-hmm. and i've allowed that to be spread across three months for example so you're paying for me to do that across a number of times but within that you can see all of the different things that i can do all of the services i can provide mm-hmm. so if you then want something completely different you don't have to book that but you know i can do that and you know roughly what price points that i'm going to be hitting and telling yeah. you so if you then come to me and say well my budget's 500 pounds and this is what i need then I can tailor it and you can go bespoke. But 
if you want people to kind of respect you at a certain price, but you just need to let them know, like, this is where it's starting. Mm. And and they, they will kind of match yeah. you there. I think the packages are really good. As I mentioned, the business I highlighted have their packages on their website. So I think doing that is good. Another option is having a form on your website that says, do you fall under the this industry? So music, art, whatever. We have tailored packages for you. Just fill in this form and then we'll send it to you via PDF or whatever. And then that way, at least you have the lead so that when they do receive the PDF, you can then follow up with a call because they've given you that or their email already. They've given you that data and obviously have your T's and C's and stuff, you know, GDPR. But yeah. (laughs) No worries. Any other questions? Yes, let's do it. So my question is, um, in reality, is podcasting profitable? Does the money pay off? Because um, so we do um, radio drama podcasts, yeah. which is expensive. You have to pay for actors, you have to pay for your equipment, then you have to pay to promote your content at the end of the day. And doing it, doing it, at the end of the day, you start to ask, okay, when does this pay off? Is it just going to be a hobby or in, what's, the, what's the truth of it? I would like to provide some beautiful hope here, but uh, (laughs) um, for some people, it's incredibly profitable. Um, I do get some money from my podcast. So I would say on average, like the biggest month I've had with the podcast was probably like £2,000. And that was with a sponsorship deal attached to it. On average, though, if I don't have like a sponsor on there or I haven't gone out and sought one myself, which I'm really lazy at doing anyway, uh, we'd bring in maybe three, three, four hundred pounds sometimes. Um, I'm guessing your production costs like ours are a lot higher than 300 pounds a month. So we do not currently cover the cost of production at all, not even slightly. Uh, FA still, sadly, the last person paid on this network. Um, so in terms of profitability from the content alone, um, you can, if you become wildly successful, what is becoming more and more common now is to pre-sell sponsorship. So a lot of Americans do, what they will do is they will go to a company and say, this is what we want to create. We think this will align really well with your brand. And they basically pitch the show and basically get that pre-sponsored. So they're already covering their costs of production. And I know that there are brands, branded podcasts or brands that are supporting podcasts, they're paying anywhere from 15 to 30,000 pounds an episode. So it is very profitable for some people. Like the money is freely flowing and it's definitely there. Um, we use monetizing platforms. So that gives us like the treacle effect. So we use Acast and they do that and they have uh, barrier entries, which is you have to hit a minimum of 20,000 listeners per week to even be considered for sponsorship on them. But they also want to make sure that you're hitting several thousand just listeners so that it's worth putting advertising on your show. Um, There are other ways to do it. So I know, for example, about race with Reniedo Lodge, that was Arts Council funding. Uh, If you're doing a radio drama and it's kind of speaking to a specific audience or it's about a story that's relatively untold, uh, you can get funding for it. It's a little bit long-winded, but the Arts Council are looking to put money into podcasting more now so than ever. So that is a real opportunity there to actually get in whilst that's still happening. Uh, And you need to, it's just a case of factoring in your production costs. As long as it's under 15K, it's a relatively quick turnaround for a decision. Um, But yeah, is it profitable? Sometimes. Have I figured that out yet? Not quite. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm 
Come yeah. on, it's your realm. But yeah, that answer was pretty good. You're welcome. Anyone else feeling brave? Yay. Hi, my name's Adelina, and I have a blog, which I know you're not a big fan of, but um, it's... I'm a fan of your blog. Not that I'm not a fan <laughs> of vlogs, but as long as they have value, but... Yeah, no, for me, what I'm finding is that I need to... The reason why I'm here is because I need to sort of take the blog to the next level, and writing just isn't enough. Um, but when I'm thinking about my branding, so it focuses more on the African diaspora, and it covers fashion, beauty, and food. But I'm not sure if sometimes I think maybe that's just too broad. I know people have these sort of lifestyle blogs which cover everything else. I'm not sure if I should just focus on one of those segments. I don't want to narrow myself. Or is it confusing? For example, if I've got Instagram, we're doing social media, and I'm blogging about a Caribbean restaurant, and then next I'm blogging about, you know, I don't know, colorism in the black community or something. Is that a bit confusing? I'm not sure how to market myself or what to focus on. Because it's quite niche. Well, it's quite niche in a sense that yeah. it's focusing on African and Caribbean culture. So niche in the sense in this country. But then the topics are quite broad. So mm. for me, it makes sense. But to other people, it may not. So I'm not sure whether to focus on one thing within the niche or yeah. try and have something broad within a so-called niche. I would lean towards niching. You know what, I was gonna agree. And the reason saying that is because I have worked with a client that does all of them. And when your audience isn't big enough, it kind of just looks looks like a mess. Yeah, it wouldn't make sense to yeah, them. To, it, you to have them. to build up into yeah, the different Yeah, they areas. have to, I think it's, when you're smaller, I think it's smarter to focus on something. I'm not Be saying, known for one thing yeah, really it's well. It's smarter to do it that way because then you can put a lot of energy and effort. You can be creative within that industry and then you can grow then. Make sure that your name is something that is flexible so that you can grow into other things. But I think focus would be good. If you had to focus, what would it be? It would probably be... The Fashion and beauty side. Fashion and beauty. So fashion and beauty is a good industry, but there's a lot of noise. Yeah. yeah. But I think it's your a good niche industry. will help though, if it's going to be focusing on like African fashion. Because I don't, I, I know they're out there, but I don't know too many of them. I know there are loads of young uh, fashion designers and handbag designers and clothing designers who can't, will not be able to break into like Vogue immediately or the L's and the Marie Claire's, they're not going to be able to do that. So where did they go? Mm. And it's about looking at, okay, I know that there's a, a thriving industry here. No one's really focusing on it too much. So you need to then be quite proactive and find those, those designers or beauty product makers. Like who is writing mm. those features on like, I know MDM Flow got a lot of press uh, back in the day, but right now she's actively seeking out um, opportunities. So who's writing about MDM Flow? Who's doing those product reviews? Because they will send stuff out for review if they feel like the audience is there for them and it, and it's going to promote what they're doing. So I would say, yeah, niche down um, because yeah. otherwise you're just kind of talking into a box full yeah. of like wasps. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I, think, I think niching down would be good and just yeah. focusing again on your target audience's problems. Yeah. So like I know one problem I have is I don't know a tailor. I have to go to my mum to find one of her tailors. But you know my mum's tailors are going to tailor to the way she dresses yeah. just not not the stylish 
stuff I want. So that's something I'm struggling with. And that's yeah. within the realm of fashion. Yeah. So solve the problem. So you could profile tailors for a season. You could make a theme of profiling tailors because mm. where are they? Mm. And that itself will make you stand out because you've already fulfilled, you've um, answered a problem. And then you could do all of the generic stuff. And again, you mentioned L and all of those. What are they doing and really good at that you can change to African fashion? So I know Glossy Inc. do like top shelf reviews. So like top shelf, which is like people show their beauty closets and stuff like that. I'm not saying do that. Don't copy that. But what could you do that relates to African beauty or, or just beauty in general for, I'm guessing it's for women of color. Yeah. Yeah. Generally. So what could what could you do that relates to that, that solves that problem or that's intriguing or like segmented in the way that is? So I do think to focus would be good. Yeah. And beauty covers a lot. It's like hair falls into that. Yeah. I never know where to trim my hair. I still cannot suitably find a person to trim my hair. I just want it trimmed. And a lot of the publications are influenced. Great, thanks. And a lot of, exactly, so post them, but like a lot of the publications are like also influenced by who they know. It's less about someone who's actually good at doing it. So you could be that, your, your tagline could even be something like that, like the magazine you need, not the, I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's yeah. what you mean. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. No worries. Wow. <laughs> I guess that's it. We did it. Oh my gosh. Thank you for coming for one. Yes. Um, we had like crazy thoughts about the room and like whether would get everyone to come through. But so I'm really happy that everyone came. I hope it was valuable. I hope you learned a lot. Um, we're hoping to do some more of these, but more intimately as like the months go by. Um, so yeah. <laughs> okay then. <laughs> okay, sound engineer. Okay. Playing us off. Um, yeah, thank you so, so, so much for coming to the very first live recording of the Wannabe podcast. Um, thank you for sharing your ideas with us. Thank you for sharing your questions with us. And thank you for sitting down for as long as. Give yourself I. a round of Give applause. Give yourself please. a round of applause. Yes. So yeah, uh, thank you, Priska. Thank for being you, Emily. My you. wonderful guest co-host. Honestly, couldn't have picked anyone better. Oh, Pick your co-host wisely, people. This is, <laughs> this is what synergy looks like. <laughs> thank you. Hope you guys will have a lovely Saturday. It's nice and bright outside, so enjoy, enjoy, enjoy. enjoy. Thank you. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.